Welcome to the Thrills and Chills podcast brought to you by ShareBird and Clue. This is a show about establishing product marketing, being the first product marketer, and the challenges they faced. I'm JD Prater. For the past decade, everyone was obsessed with finding a growth hacker. But now, product marketers are in high demand as companies realize their value. Startups are now asking, when should I hire a product marketer? Should my first marketing hire be a product marketer? A lot of folks want to be the first marketer, but only a few make the leap. They're the builders, the fixers, the risk takers. They embrace chaos. They're comfortable being uncomfortable. And this is a journey into their world. It's about sharing the thrills and chills of being the first product marketer at a company. Along the way, we'll meet some amazing people. You'll hear engaging stories about imperfect product launches, the challenges and nuances of everyday work, and the skills needed to succeed. And of course, fresh perspective of what it really takes to be the company's first product marketer. Before we meet our guest, we'll pause for a quick word from our sponsors at Clue. Meet Jen. She's selling her division's product to a savvy new prospect. And unfortunately for Jen, she's about to get blindsided. So that sounds great, uh, but your competitor just launched something very similar. How do you compare? Jen needs to move fast. With a few taps, she leverages up-to-date intel her product marketing team has curated with Clue. Later in the show, we'll hear more on how Clue helps reps like Jen win deals every day. Learn more at clue.com slash thrills. Today's guest is Vakis Rigas, the head of product marketing at Typeform. But before we get into what he's currently working on and what he's doing over there at Typeform, Vakis, talk to me about your time leading product marketing at Google, where you spent over five and a half years. It's some time ago now. I was in a division that did sales enablement work. So we sat very close to the PMs and very close to the sales organization. So we would introduce, like work on all of the the newer products or the documentation for the newer products to help elevate our our Salesforce knowledge as they sat down with our customers and build a bunch of decks, probably too many to, (laughs) to remember around a lot of core areas. The ones where I was more involved was Gmail ads helped launch that product and also uh, run a very annoying whitelisting process. So I'm sorry for, for putting more ads in. Luckily, a lot of the work that we did was identifying that it doesn't necessarily make sense to put ads directly into the inbox, but be more thoughtful about where they're served, serve them as emails in a specific tab so that it makes more sense for the user. But yeah, so that is uh, where we So you're the guy. So I'm going to blame you then for all my Gmail ads from here on out. So I hope everyone listening remembers this is the guy that is responsible for Gmail ads. No, it's okay. I I fully understand it. You know, you got to monetize those, you know, eyeballs, but also it is a free product. Over a billion users, I think, as someone told me, but... Yeah, I fully get it. But man, <laughs> I also came, so when I was at Quora, I was working on the Quora ads platform. So you and I, we could probably have another conversation around sales enablement and just ad tech, which I'm glad that looks like at least both of us are now out of ad tech. I've become disillusioned with ads as a monetization strategy. You and me both. <laughs> um, 
but you spent yeah, no, so, oh, but you spent like five and a half years there, right? I mean, so what what ultimately prompted you to leave then, if they're intertwined? For me, you want the honest answer or the nice answer? That is up to you. I, I I personally love an honest answer. I'm sure our listeners would too. But I understand if we need to be polite. I'll give you both. I think Google first to start off. It's an incredible company, and I joined because it has an incredible story. It has incredible people. And the whole process internally at Google was phenomenal. But it's, I think so, sometimes in, in your career, you have a tendency to just like follow the next step and follow progression and aim for all that. And I was very much like that. I always knew what I wanted my next role to be. And when you think like that, you, you keep on just like doing whatever needs to get done and then you progress and you don't really think a lot about everything else like the holistic version of you and the honest answer is like i i loved my time there i loved my manager who who got me into the world of product marketing but then the day came when she left and i was like okay cool she is leaving and what next and i i kept on going and doing and progressing and, and launching more products learning everything there is and i got a, a new manager the new manager were, was completely different. We didn't hit it off. I spent more time figuring out like whose name to put on documents than actually like producing documents, which is like why I was there. I wanted to get better at what I was doing. And that whole process just led me to ask myself different questions instead of like, what's the next role? It's what, what is it? I, I really didn't know. And I was just like, I was lost because I felt so hopeless. I don't know what, for the first time in my life, what my next career step is. So I, I spoke to a bunch of people and I got recommended this career coach who I saw for a couple of months. She had this program where you could buy uh, a bunch of hours and then you go on a, on a frequent basis. And what she made me realize was instead of focusing on what your next role is, then focus more on like, ask yourself, what, who do you want to become? So I did that. And I realized that like ad tech is actually probably quite the opposite of, of what I want to become. So I started going through this, this very long process where I, I asked myself different questions, talked to different people. And I figured out pretty quickly that Google is not the right place for me. And I think anyone who's been in Google, Netflix, Amazon, wherever, and, and find themselves in a place where they want to move on, they look at that equity package and those golden handcuffs. Yes. And you're just like, how can I even justify saying no to like six figures that are just coming in four years? And it constantly grows. I think that's obviously why these companies do it, but I don't necessarily think that that gives the right effect because if you wait for that package, you stay and you're not necessarily developing. And this is the story I, I told myself to like convince myself to leave. And then I realized like, hey, there's tons more out there. I have enough leeway to actually go out and try something different, mm -hmm. try just going completely clean slate, figuring out like, okay, pursue what the things that matter to me the most, figure out what they are and, and try them. 
And then if it's not right, move on. But at least I'll learn something. But I can do this for a meaningful amount of time. And then if everything fails, like you can always go back. And I'm sure of it. Like where you don't get to a place like that unless you're like incredibly smart. Unless, of course, you're me. But <laughs> but like but like leaving leaving Google and we're going to get in like your wife also left was at Google and also left Google. You need to think about equity package. It's also just like that cultural, right? Like it is a nice culture. There is free food everywhere. There's snacks. They, they take care of you, right? To leave all of that comfortability to then go start your own freelance company, right? And your consultancy. Talk to me. I mean, I'm with you. I, but like that took a leap. Yeah, it did. And a bit of stupidity. But it, for me, it was just, it felt like the most natural thing to do. Because mm. like the, the alternative was sit back and, and pursue other roles internally at Google or stay in a situation where you have a manager that like just has a different style of working than you. So it's like, I'm at this age where like I can actually do it and I can go out and I can, I, I could, if everything fails, go back and rebuild. But it, like the, the, now I've done it. So I can say that like, I came out the other end, a much better person, much more aware of myself, but I don't think that anyone who takes that leap will, will fall on the floor. Like, I, I think you get a lot more knowledge and you expand your horizon. That's also one of the things I realized immediately after taking the leap was there's an entirely different world out here. There's, there's people who are pursuing things from a different angle. Like it, in all honesty, I've learned more product marketing from Product Marketing Alliance and Sharebird and, and my peers than I ever did at Google. Just because like at Google, you're, you're, you're in a silo you're focused on like laser focused on one single thing. So you don't really get to see many of the other aspects. So for me, it was just, it was the right decision, the right choice. Yeah. I, lo- I really like that. There's some, definitely some good life lessons in there. Thanks for, thanks for being so honest and sharing a lot of that with us. I, I can definitely relate to, you know, a, a lot of what you were saying and then Google, you know, you got your own company now. Talk to me about, joining Typeform, which is where you are now. You're the head of product marketing there. You know, like what were you looking for in a company and a team and a role? Because now you have all this prior experience to really compare and contrast against. Yeah. So the, what I found out about myself was that I have a couple of things that are important to me. I, I asked myself this question, like if my daughter in let's say 15 years would look at me i would want her to look at me and and think highly of me other than just being her father but as a father that constantly like takes steps toward a brighter future not necessarily always the right ones because i don't think anyone has the right answer but has a level of integrity that makes him take certain steps and that was what i think was the trigger in me to like also leave google and say Okay, one of the things that is the most important to me is that I'm making a difference in people's lives, a positive difference. You you can arguably do that with Google's ad suite. There's nothing like about it, but like selling it is not super fulfilling. So being in a company where you can actually help people improve their livelihood, you can help people improve the planet, 
do good things, those are some of the things that mean a lot to me to the extent that I actually like I went so far as first becoming a vegetarian, but also now trying mm-hmm. vegan. Just because like the we have a massive issue in front of us that comes after COVID. So being in a situation where you can help other companies or be in a position to help the battle against climate change is important to me. So those are some of the things that mean a lot to me. I also needed to be at a company where it's around like ideally less than 200, just because that's where I thrive. That's where it becomes, you can get a lot of things done and you have sufficient amount of of purview to change and learn a lot. And then I also needed to be in a place where I've like found community, where there is a community, whether that is the startup community or the community around your particular offering or no code movement, where people are excited about the job that whatever solution solves. So those are some of the things that like I was thinking about even before joining Typeform. Joining Typeform was complete coincidence because on my journey to figure out who I wanted to become, which is still ongoing, I decided to just say, okay, let me go out and talk to any startup I can get a hold of, figure out what they're doing, what products they're working on, how that is helping in the world. And then if I can advise them. And that's what I did for a really long time. And then a, a good friend of mine who I had conversations with, she told me about this guy who had moved to Barcelona, Spain to help this, this cool startup. And he had done really well. And he was looking for a head of product marketing that could start up the, the function. And I was like, okay, Spain, like Spain, gets me closer <laughs> to family. And then I said, like, let's, yeah, sure. Let's, let's have a conversation. I was in the Bay, had a nice apartment in, in San Francisco, nice apartment, like a very small, if you yeah, in San sure. Francisco. <laughs> it's the Bay. We nice get it. it yeah. Can be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, the, it was right next to Alamo Square. So the environment was nice, but we, I had a couple of conversations with this guy and he tells me about the product. I've heard a little bit about it before. I'd filled one out before. I thought it was a really cool product. But some of the things that he told me about that really got my eyes up was the way that they helped startups actually go to market and how people were actively reaching out to them for case studies. And they wanted to promote their product because they liked it. I was like, what? This is, what? <laughs> That doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Good signal. <laughs> Definitely a good signal. So I was just like, I, I kept on having these conversations and we, we had several, he would travel back to San Francisco. He, he has a house there. So, so he would come back quite frequently, but yeah, the conversations went on and on and I just kept being, getting more and more excited about this product because I, I saw like a bunch of things, like the community was there, but the type of people that they helped actually did a lot of good in the world. And so we have a lot of really cool use cases for, with NGOs that just help the world uh, be a better place. To give you an example, we had a, a family from France that became a customer over COVID. They were doing, they're farmers and selling groceries, but they, they, when COVID hit, lost their entire livelihood because they couldn't go to the farmer's market where they sold their goods. But then fortunately for them, they had a son who did marketing and he, he was based on the other side of the planet in, in Canada. 
but he set up a type form for them when he heard this. And then it's used as an online store. And 48 hours again, they were in business, driving more revenue than they did at the farmers. Oh, wow. That's such a cool story, man. Now we'll pause for a quick word from our sponsors at Clue. Not a day goes by in sales that someone doesn't ask how your product compares. Earlier, a friend Jen dug herself out of a tight spot with Clue, the product marketer's platform for handling all things competitive. Clue helps product marketing teams collect intel from coworkers, Slack, emails, and the web, putting it all into one place that's always up to date and giving Jen the superpowers she needs when she needs them. Listen in at the end of this episode to hear how Clue empowers every team across the org with insights, something we call competitive enablement. Learn more at clue.com slash thrills. That's K-L-U-E dot com slash thrills. It's super fun to see. And it's coming in all the time because like people are so creative. It's amazing what they managed to do with this product. But those are some of the things where I was like, I can get behind this. This sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. So you've been there over a year now. Talk to me about, you know, you're establishing product marketing in type form. What was there whenever you started? Did they have any PMMs or is it like you are now the only PMM, you're now the function, you're now establishing and just kind of walk me through this last year plus of being the head of product marketing at Typeform. Yeah, when I joined, they had a head of product marketing, which I figured out after I joined. So now there's two head of product marketing. <laughs> yeah, the thing was she had gone on, on maternity leave and she didn't have a product marketing background. So a lot of the stuff that she had brought to the market was not necessarily like your classical product marketing activities. Sure. Um, but I mean, she had done a really good job with what she had. She was in a marketing organization that didn't know what product marketing was. Neither did the rest of the organization. So I was kind of like the first one coming in asking a different set of questions. So that was like, it was one of the weird things. And then I got an employee who they weren't sure how, where to place her. She were in, in like a, a sales partnerships role before. And uh, I inherited her. That was lucky. He's grown into a fantastic product marketer. But it was one of those things where you were just like, a lot of it was just education, 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 and repetition all the time. Internal, yeah. like, like internal repetition, internal education to really get it going, right? Completely. Like yeah. my first task was to set up a marketing calendar. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like things for us that are like so like common sense and it's just easy to do. But for them, they're like, what? We need exactly. this? <laughs> but it's like, it's also like they, they were talking about like setting up Valentine's Day campaigns. And I was like, but what's the like, how do, what's the message do we, like what's our narrative what are we doing yeah. to the market and it was no we're just gonna like maybe like do some discounts for valentine's day and i'm like all right let's let's have another conversation let's reel that one back in <laughs> yeah exactly but it's again as you say it's something that's like rather intuitive but it it's just not it's really difficult to understand and grasp these these concepts so that was like that was the biggest aha moment where I came in. Like I thought at least there was some level of baseline knowledge and expectation. There was none. <laughs> I got a question about that too. How did you know 
when to expend like social capital, right? So you're coming in and you can expend your energy and your time on certain things, right? Like I'm going to be a blocker here, or I'm going to really try to really fight for this change. How did you know to have that balance or like, what were some of those things that you did fight for or things that you blocked, like the Valentine's day messaging? <laughs> yeah, that was one. <laughs> I think some, of the, some of the things I did at, uh, initially was just like, come in and understand like what's yeah. the baseline, because it would be ignorant of me to just come in and, and make certain calls. I had to make some of them, but I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't win everything. So what was important to me was to understand like, okay, what's the baseline? What have we done before? Second was what is our current narrative? How are we talking about our product? How are we presenting it to people? Third is how are we perceived by customers? So started to talk to a bunch of customers to understand like, how are they using our product? How are they talking about our product? And then the last thing was more around like our how are we like how are we running campaigns like are we offering any incentives and i figured out that most times we were in the business of doing coupons where you would do like a month for free or sometimes there was three months for free and there was no real structure around it so that was one of the first places where i said like how about we take a slightly different approach and we we actually put some process behind this because this is going to be easy and then we can also track it over time, figure out like if things are performing in the market. And then I asked them like, is it possible that we could make sure that our product is never free in terms of like, we're given our entire paid suite away for free. Like we have a free plan so you can come in and try that. And then we try to do that and only do like annual, annual plans where we discounted them because like then at least you can justify it with a long-term relationship and then people, if they want to commit for a full year, there's also high likelihood of, of them like committing and actually yeah. retaining. Yeah, exactly. And that helped us understand like the behavior from people coming in for the first time to having used the, the product for a year and how that works. What's the journey that they go through? Oh, wow. Well, you knocked out a lot of things in this last year, like business side. And those are those are some changes. And, the, and I love that you just coming in and asking questions, learning the process. This is so key when you're establishing product marketing in a company that's never had product marketing or you're trying to then educate because people have different definitions because it's always looked like X, you know? And so you're having to do a lot of education, a lot of evangelism internally, just so you can then actually do product marketing like we all know, right? So I thought you did a really good job of laying out some of those like early challenges. A question now, like how big is the team now? Like ha have you have you been able to grow headcount and then where's everyone kind of focused? I'm happy you asked. <laughs> <laughs> we hired two additional product marketers. So now we are a team of total four, including me. And we have expansion plans. So we already this year will be hiring. So if there's anyone out there oh. interested. We'll um, make sure to leave a link in the, in the show notes. <laughs> exactly. Please do. But yeah, no, we, we, we are hiring and we're starting to expand. I think the first year has been mainly around listening and just trying to understand and grasp the, the different concepts. We're now in a, in a place where we're building out narratives and then we're building out like stories, case studies, all these things that like usually 
would just be running and punched out. But like we're, we're getting to a place where that is possible. And we have a connection between customer success and mm. product, customer yeah. success and marketing, like all of these connections that they, they weren't there before and people weren't really aware of what each other was doing. But we're getting so much closer to like almost be in the same room together just because there's so much visibility across. And people are starting to ask questions in media around what would customer success say? And then in most meetings, the customer success person is there. So it's like, it's, it's yes. really gratifying to see people come in and the enthusiasm that, that people bring to the table when they're included. It's just, that's the coolest thing about this job, I think. Oh man, alignment is so key. You know, just being in those meetings, like I even back up, being aware that there is a meeting, right? That's key. Being in the meeting and then also feeling comfortable and safe enough to then voice your opinion and knowing that the rest of the people around the table want to hear it and do value it. That takes time. Everything that you have said takes time. I know it's been over just over a year, which I think, you know, some people either say as that's not very long. And others are like, that's all he did. Like I'm expected to go this, this, this in the first quarter. And you're like, look, look, you know, like this, this all takes time, ease into it. And I, I really appreciate that perspective and that wisdom, honestly, because it's almost validating whenever I hear it back. Okay, good, good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right things. So I, I want to transition now to some of those thrills and those chills. I, you've mentioned so many throughout this entire conversation, but when you think about your product marketing career, what are some of those highs and those lows? Wow. There's so many. I look back at, at this past year and I'm just like, oh, what's happened? <laughs> yeah. moves. And my wife gave birth to a wonderful baby girl. So had a daughter. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you so much. So that's like, that's the, the ultimate high. Like it, it doesn't get any higher than that, but that happened. I, I said yes to a role where there was very limited understanding and being in a position now where I managed to do like be somewhat of a father, move to the other end of the planet to Barcelona instead of San Francisco, moving our lives here, maintaining a, a, a business on the side. And my, my wife is just doing an incredible job while also being a mother and being in a position now where we're people know who product marketing is. They know what the function does somewhat. We're running internal product market fit surveys to figure out how <laughs> product marketing is, is perceived. So we're getting closer. And I think that's the ultimate thing where people are starting to not just like value product marketing, but they're mentioning my team by name. And they're like thrilled that they're in a conversation and the, amount of help they provide and to the rest of organ the organization that's the ultimate high like the, it, it doesn't get any higher especially when you think of one of them she's never really been in a marketing role and she came mm. in junior and now she's just running so fast and learning <laughs> at light speed and so are the others it's just like they're perfect team because they help each other they support each other and then when these situations come up which they do all the time where they feel ignored or not part of the conversation or didn't know that a conversation happened they support each other through it and then somehow magically 
couple of weeks later, they're in the conversation. Mm. I like that. Those are, those um, are always good, good, good feelings right there. Very much. I have to mention one other about my team because I'm, I'm like so proud of what they've accomplished. But I had a conversation with one of my, my team members and I hope she's not going to get angry with me because I mentioned this, but she had been struggling with setting her, like she was taken seriously. And then she comes in and explains the situation where she had made a call to stop a launch in progress because we didn't feel that the product was there yet. And she made that call, pivoted to a different launch, came up with a, a great strategy for how to bring it to the market, and then went back to the PM. And the PM, instead of pushing back at her or getting frustrated with her, she was like, oh, but can we then build our product to support the one that you're talking about there? And wow. You just informed the product roadmap with like out really doing a thing. So that was an incredible experience to me because like it's it's one of the things where, where she got so much energy because she felt like she was taken seriously and for the first time also felt that like and understood that you have the power to to do things and to move things and change. And working as a team gets you to where you want to be faster. hundred percent. So what about some of those chills? What are some of those lows? Oh, that it, it's a really hard one. I've been t- thinking about like, okay, what, what can I say here? I think it's for me, some of those internal processes that, that you run into that are just set up because it makes life easier, but are so incredibly dumb. Like we've had a lot of different, like the marketing team is fairly large at Typeform and we're doing a bunch of bunch of things, a lot of really good things, but there's also like a, a large like disconnect sometimes because different uh, priorities and that's largely because we're, like, we're not good enough to like get in there yet and s- ensure that everyone moves towards the same thing. We're getting a lot better. But I think coming in to an organization that was, fairly fragmented that was the the biggest chill and figuring out that like the the basic understanding of product marketing just wasn't there and it didn't seem initially like there was any appetite to it so i think that that's the that's the biggest chill for me because it meant that i had to have a lot of hard conversations with my team and ensure them that like everything's going to be okay it's just it's we're running a marathon. It's not a sprint, even do, though we do sprints, but yeah, <laughs> small steps. But those conversations can be so hard. And you just, you sit there feeling so powerless because like, you know, it's going to take time and they just want it to go faster. But it's, yeah, those are always hard, but it's also nice when you can come out the other end and, and, and show them that like those tiny steps that they took along the path led to like where we are now. Yeah. I love that. I, I know it's, it's so easy to, uh, you know, when you think of like to be in that moment, in that day, in that hour, to be so discouraged and to just, I call it this kind of like negativity spiral, you know, where you just start spiraling out of kind of like, all oh, of that went wrong, that went wrong, that went wrong. And then you, you kind of like zoom out because it's always hard to look forward right? To think a year from now where we'll be. But when you think about 
this last year and you think all those wins that you just shared with us, that feels good. That feels like those are some good steps. But if you were in that moment, we all know that was a chill. And I just want to thank you again for coming on, sharing your story about really starting, founding and establishing product marketing at Typeform, sharing your story with us around your you know, freelance and consultancy, but also even uh, before that at Google. Salespeople want short, digestible insights. They don't want 17-page decks that are scattered across the web and who knows where. Clue makes it easy to create and deliver battle cards. In a pinch, sales teams can find them easily with all the insights they need on how to handle their competitors while working a deal. And with Clue, it's not just sales teams who want battle cards. The product team, customer success, and marketing, they all compete too. Now, everyone can compete to win. For any of you wondering how to put together a competitive enablement program or build battle cards that your sales team will love, head over to clue.com slash thrills. That's K-L-U-E dot com slash thrills. Tell them that I sent you and they'll set you up with a bunch of free resources that you can use to get started. Don't forget to subscribe as we'll be back next Thursday. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, things you liked, things you want to hear, anything else, please email podcast at sharebird.com. That's podcast plural at sharebird.com. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's a place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. A special thanks to Alex for helping bring this show to life. Jolisha is our senior editor. Serbi is our master scheduler. Our podcast art was designed by Vika Karpitsky. Our music is by Joaquim Karud. And of course, Jason and Katie over at Clue. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>